Welcome to season two of Wild Soul Conversations. I'm your host, Brittany. I believe our stories are powerful and can impact the world around us. On this season of Wild Soul Conversations, we will be changing it up a bit. You will still be hearing from a variety of women as they share their stories, but we will have a larger focus on mental health in this season. As we dive into these women's stories, you will be hearing how they endured hard seasons, experienced breakthroughs, how God showed up for them, and much more. My hope is through these conversations, you will be encouraged and know that you aren't alone. So grab your coffee or your tea and let's start the conversation. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Wild Soul Conversations. We're super excited that you're here today tuning in. Whatever you're up to while listening to today's episode, we just wanted to give you the heads up before we dive into today's conversation that this episode can be triggering for some people. So just wanted to give you the heads up as I had the honor and privilege to talk with Mary Ruth more about her story and to dive into her recent book that she wrote. If you do have kiddos around in the background, just be aware that this conversation is probably not the best (laughs) um, for children's little ears, but just wanted to give you a heads up. I am super excited. Let's get into today's conversation with Mary Ruth. So thank you so much for taking the time to come on, Mary Ruth. I'm really excited to dive into this topic um, and uh, learn more about you and your story. So welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, So why don't you get started and why don't you share a little bit about yourself for our listeners who may not know who you are? Okay. Um, Yeah, I am 34 years old, married to an amazing man, Brad Erb, and I'm living right in California. Uh, Trying to think. I'm originally from Louisiana. I grew up in a Christian home. went through a lot of different things in my life, despite having a great background and, you know, family upbringing and stuff. And so, um, yeah, I've been through some different traumatic experiences, things like that. There was a time in college when I walked away from God and, um, long story short, um, he just pursued me relentlessly until I finally gave in and, uh, I kind of developed my own relationship with him that was outside of everything my parents had taught me. So, yeah. And then years later, had some other traumatic experiences happen and then went on a very long uh, inner healing journey to explore and deal with all the pain I have shoved down all of my life. So, yeah, um, inner healing is kind of my is my jam. It's my it's what I uh, makes me come alive. It's something that I really love and I love helping people, um, you know, get to the root of their pain and get breakthrough. So, um, yeah, it's a little bit about me besides inner healing. I love hiking and being outside and things like that. Music, um, books, stuff like that. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, and then, you know, for those of you who, uh, you know, are just getting to know Mary Ruth, we actually connected as well, uh, through a Bible school called BSSM in Redding, California. So that's how the connection (laughs) was made here. Um, so I'm really excited though, because you recently released a book and that's why I also wanted to get you on the podcast. It was called redeeming the pain. 
And I would love for you to just share a quick synopsis because today we're going to be diving into your book and I'm going to be asking you all the questions. Um, So if you can just give us a quick synopsis about your book and then why you wrote it. Yeah. Um, So the the main title is Redeeming the Pain. And then the subtitle is Keys to Inner Healing and Freedom. And so the book is really what I learned um, on my journey of going after my own pain and things that I learned intentionally by seeking out different um, inner healing methods, different tools, listening to podcasts, reading books. And then it's also a lot of things that God just taught me on my own through my journey with him of things I kind of accidentally fell into or just randomly did or tried. And um, so, yeah, that's, that's really what the book is about. It's just giving you tools and, and ways to go after your healing, just different things. And some of them people have probably heard of, some of them people probably have not heard of. Um, mm. So yeah, uh, the reason why I wrote the book was um, honestly because God told me to. Um, I This is actually a re-release of the book. So I originally released it in 2018. And then, oh. I, and then I revised it and... Um, made some edits to it because I just realized there were some parts that I wanted to clarify more. And, um, I had, Mm -hmm. there's some sections in the back of the book where there's some exercises and, um, they were kind of getting lost in between these other sections that I had created. And everyone would always ask me, Hey, where were those prayers again? Where were the, where was this again? And I was, I always kept telling myself, it should not be this hard for them to find it. I should really revise this. <laughs> so, um, so that was kind of like the main thing of like, I can make this easier. So, yeah. um, but originally God just, you know, was, I asked him, what did he have for me for the next year? Um, I would typically do that at, you know, just end of December of just like, all right, God, what do you want for my next year? And he told me to write a book and I was like, okay, I had no idea what to write about. Yeah. And then one day I sat down to try and just write notes. And, uh, that's, I just started scribbling down and everything that came out was just bullet points of like what I had learned about inner healing. And then Mm. I realized like I could write a chapter on all of these bullet points. And so that's kind of how it began. Wow. Very cool. And then ta-da, it it launched. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to be starting off in your first chapter. Let's go there now. Um, your chapter was called the real, the raw and the ugly. And you mentioned, um, just in one chapter, I'll just read this out. Sometimes being real with God means really letting down your walls until you are honest with him about how you really feel until you admit what is breaking your heart until you acknowledge your pain and release the poisonous lies that have held you captive. You are not going to be fully healed. If you want deep healing, you have to be willing to go deep, even if what's deep is dark or messy. I love that. That really like spoke to me. And I know that in this chapter, you really go in and share moments in your healing journey that really helped you get real with God. Why don't you share one of those in that chapter? What were you feeling and how did you really get to that place of really just bringing it all to Jesus? and? tearing down your walls. Yeah. Um, so in that chapter, and actually I had told you when we were talking before that I wasn't going to tell the story cause it's, it's long, but, yeah. um, 
and it's it's actually a story I tell in the next chapter about heart beliefs and pain. But um, I think probably one of the most real moments that I really had with God that um, broke into our relationship and and allowed me to like. Um, I had always kind of been real and raw with God to a degree throughout my life because I always understood that God could hear our thoughts and knew everything we were thinking. So it never made sense to me why people didn't just tell God what they were really thinking because it's like, he already knows anyways. Yeah. But um, in, in this particular story, I really just, I went after it with God and was just really honest and really like kind of demanding. Um, and so this, the, the story is about when I first got to California, um, this was whenever I did a school called BSSD, which is very similar to BSSM. It's basically a sister school of that in mm-hmm. 2015. And, um, so I had just moved to California and I had, you know, a lot of pain that was coming up to the surface. And one of those things that kept coming up to the surface was that I had been raped in college and, um, I was actually like drugged. So in that it was something where it was like, I, I didn't have a lot of memory from that mm-hmm. night. And I only had like one little clip, um, of like consciousness, um, where I had come, you know, come into consciousness and the person was on top of me. And I just remember saying, you're hurting me. And then mm-hmm. that's it. And so it was like, I knew it happened, but there was a part of me that couldn't believe myself. Um, mm-hmm. so I would put myself on trial all the time and just, you know, kind of like what really happened, you know, like, are you just pretending to forget? Like, were you really drugged? You know, like what really mm-hmm. happened? Are you just saying that happened? Mm-hmm. You know, that's that someone drugged you. So you don't have to admit the truth that you're really a slut. I mean, and it sounds horrible, but this is truly my inner thoughts. Yeah. Um, you know, it was like, do you remember taking your clothes off? Do you remember this? And it was like, I would try so hard to get the memories, but it was like, there's nothing. Mm. there's nothing there. Every time I try, the only thing that I have is this one Mm -hmm. small thing, but it just, it drove me insane because it was like, I needed to know that it wasn't my fault and that it had truly happened in order to forgive myself. It was like, and it doesn't make sense to a lot of people who haven't had this happen to them, but it's, it's so true. Whenever anybody has been through something like that, where they're like, everyone else automatically is like, oh my God, duh, it's not your fault. Of course you were the victim. You were the victim in this. Yeah. But every person who's been in that situation will tell you that the first thing that they believe is that it's their fault. Mm. Like somehow I must've caused it. And it, it doesn't make logical sense to an outsider, but as someone who's been through it, I'm like, oh, I so understand. I so understand. So what happened with me is I got to a boiling point of just like, I was just so pissed at God because it was like, you're the one who knows everything. Like, can't you just tell me, like, can't you just help me? Like, like, you know, the answer of whether this really happened to me or not, you know, what happened that night. I don't remember what happened that night, but I know you do. And so I was home alone in my house and I just started screaming. Like I'm talking screaming and was like, I want to know what happened that night. And you were just letting it all out. Oh yeah. And Mm -hmm. I just was like going there and I was like, just so mad. And I heard God respond to me the clearest day and tell me like, uh, so I asked him like, I want to know what happened that night. And he said, why? So you can be the judge. And I was like, Mm -hmm. yeah. (laughs) 
And I was, I was just mad. So I'm like, <laughs> yeah, like, I do. Yeah. I do want to be the judge. And he's like, you would just say that you're guilty no matter what I showed you, which was so true. Mm. It was like, yeah, actually, I, I, I probably would, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that made me kind of like stop for a second, like, huh. But then I was still mad. So it was just like, I want to know what happened that night. Like, like, I know you're right, but forget it. Let's just keep going with my question. Yeah. um, So like I persisted and just was like, I want to know what happened. And Mm -hmm. then I went into this vision and, um, and in my vision, like I was still screaming um, at God and I can see Jesus walking towards me and I'm like yelling at him still demanding for him to answer me and he just doesn't say anything until all of a sudden he's like standing two feet in front of me mm. and um all of a sudden I have this vision within the vision and in the, oh. the vision within the vision I see like that night happen in that one clip in that memory that I have and it was like I saw a knife being shoved into my heart at the time that that was happening wow and then the knife was like going through my heart, but it was also going through like Jesus's heart at the same time. It's kind of strange. Okay. Interesting. So then whenever I come out of that vision within the vision, it's kind of like inception. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> within a dream. Yeah, whenever yeah. I came out of that, I was still standing in front of Jesus and I was just, it was kind of like this quick flash. And then I'm looking at him and he looks down at me like, um, <clears throat> you should, uh, you should look down. And his, I look down and there's a knife still sticking out of my heart. And I'm like, like, oh my God, there's really a knife in there. Like, wow. oh God. And you were just like startled. Yeah. I was just like, what the heck? Anyway, so I'm standing there with, you know, with this knife handle sticking out of my chest. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like it's, it's really there. Um, and I'm like, what do I do? And Jesus looks at me and he's like, do you want to take it out? And I'm like, yeah. And so he like holds mm. up his hand. And I'm like looking at him, like, what are you doing? And so I like put my hand to his, like almost as if I'm going to give him a high five. And then like, we make a, a fist in the air. And then he puts his other hand on the knife handle and he's like, okay, on the count of three, um, mm. we'll pull it out. And I'm like, okay. So it's like, we count to three and then, and I have my eyes closed and when he pulls it out, I don't feel anything. And then mm. I open my eyes and I look over at him and he's like, his face looks like he's in pain. And he's like, like I, I could hear him go, you know, mm-hmm. and I like look at him and I realize like suddenly, oh my gosh, he's the one who took all of my pain. Like, wow. I don't, I don't feel anything right now because he did, he is feeling it. Wow. Oh. And then he just like drops to his knees and I've dropped to my knees with him. And, um, or no, sorry. I'm standing there looking at him and like, I see him wincing or whatever. And then I like all of a sudden though, like, like blood and water starts like pouring out of me. And I'm like, Oh, like, ah." wow. Oh God. And so Jesus like snaps out of his own pain, um, (sighs) and puts his hand up on my chest and immediately the hole heals and I stop bleeding. And that's when that's when we both fall to our knees. And then I just like sit there and cry and cry and cry as he like strokes my hair and stuff and just like lets me let it out. And um, as all that's happening, um, 
which I didn't include these details in the book just because it was like, there's so many elements to it and it probably already sounds confusing to people. <laughs> um, okay. But in, in the midst of that, God starts speaking to me and um, kind of continues to speak to me even after the vision is over, just telling me like, yes, it did happen. And like, I'm so sorry, like your innocence was taken that night and mm. all this stuff um, and just really confirmed it for me and like answered the questions that I yeah. really needed to hear. Yeah. And it was like, it was so crazy because like after that, there was, it was like so much of the pain was just like instantly gone. Just gone. Yeah. Wow. He it just came just, in with his healing touch. Yeah. And wow. uh, I honestly don't know how long that encounter lasted, but like, it okay. felt like I was like in another world. Yeah. Um, it was, it was pretty crazy. One of the most in, most memorable experiences I've ever had with God in my entire life. Wow. Um, I know it's, that sounded like a very intense moment, but also like so healing in yeah. itself. And for people listening, cause I know there's all sorts of walks of life, like was this just something that you like visualized in your mind's eye or like kind of like a vision? Like, can you explain that a little bit more? Just so yeah. for like people who might not know exactly what that looks like. <laughs> yeah. So there's different types of visions that you can have. There's um, something called an open vision, which is basically just where your eyes are open Yeah. and you're having a vision. And so you're almost like seeing it in your mind's eye. Um, yeah. And then there's closed visions where you have your eyes closed and you're seeing something um, happen. Like, I guess almost like in your imagination. Yeah. Um, my eyes were closed for at that point. Um, I had been yelling at God in a hallway and then walked into my room and sat on my bed. And then that's when the like vision started to happen. And I, it was almost like it, it began in like an open vision. And then I started closing my eyes. Wow. And then it just took over from there. So, um, I think probably a lot of people have had visions, you know, people who are Christians, people who are not, you know, it doesn't matter. I think if people have seen, understand what it's like to have your eyes open and to visualize something. Yeah, exactly. Um, And then to close your eyes. And also, you know, somebody's done any type of meditation. Yeah, totally. Um, Yeah. So I think when your eyes are closed, it's just more of an immersive experience that it feels a lot more um, that you're it almost, when your eyes are closed, it almost Mm -hmm. gives your body the ability to kind of let go of the like present and the the place that you're in physically at that moment. Yeah, I agree. Cause yeah, I've been doing, well, I've done other like, kind of like, you know, Sozo or other healing methods. And, um, I found that's been really helpful too. like almost in a way it's, peaceful, you know, your eyes are closed and you're just like imagining, right. And just inviting Jesus into that space like you did. Um, and just in that real and vulnerable moment, I'm sure you learned a lot through that process too, of just letting your walls down. Like what are, what are some things that you learned through that process of just being really honest with him and vulnerable and just real, like you said, you were just like yelling at him when that was coming yeah. out, you know? Yeah. just really, really real. Like, yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. Um, I think the biggest thing I learned through that is that God can handle all of my darkest, deepest pain and that he's not yeah. upset by or surprised by, or, um, even challenged by my questions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's like, he can handle all of it. 
And, you know, what, there was another time where I had a moment with him and we were like talking through something and I was like, Oh, it feels so good to have that out of the way, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I tell the story in my book and I'm like, Oh, so, and then all of a sudden my heart's like, yeah, but what about this? You know? <laughs> You know, yeah. and I'm like, oh yeah, we're still mad at him about that. You know, um, sorry. Oh God. yeah, that one thing. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, okay, well, my heart still got some beef with you, God. And but like, it was like, it was almost like my heart was just like giving me like a little, you know, like a little chat on the side. But what was funny is that God obviously could hear all of that, even though I'm thinking in my head that like, oh yeah, like you know, shh, we don't, we won't tell him about that. Um, and he just immediately responded with, you know, like, Hey, like I can handle all of your pain. Like even your little punches, like it's no big deal to me. And, Mm -hmm. um, so I think for me, it was just like realizing that God was the best person to bring my deepest, darkest pain to that. He's not some religious person who wants you to be perfect all the time. And that like, he's the safest person to go to. Like totally. I can scream my lungs out and like say 6,000 passwords and he won't flinch. Right. <laughs> like he's mm. not going to be bothered by it. He's like, yeah. let it all out, baby girl. And like, let me hold you. And like, mm-hmm. because he already knows all the deep pain that's behind all of your anger or all of totally. the things that happened to you. It's like, he was the witness to your life. Yeah. You know, exactly. He's seen it all. Like he genuinely knows what happened to you, even when you don't. And you're like, I'm a, I'm a brat because I did this. And he's like, no, you're really hurt because it's happened to you. Right. For sure. Yeah. I actually remembered actually a process with this too, even in first year, um, Joe, who was our third year, Uh (laughs) um, she was just like, just go scream on the top of the mountain. Like, just let it out. You don't have to be this typical Christian, like, you know, quote unquote that we think, right? Sometimes like we have to just come to God, bow our knees and say this prayer, you know? Yeah. But like, even just through your journey and reading this chapter, I was like, there's so much freedom in it, right? Like just being yourself and just breaking down those walls. Like you said, like he can handle it. He's not surprised. Um, yeah. And he just comes and swoops in with so much healing. And so I love that moment. That was just so powerful, Mary Ruth. Like, and I'm, there's tons more in your book too. So <laughs> yeah. Um, well, let's segue into another chapter now. Um, and this one is called Heart Beliefs and Pain. So what exactly is a heart belief? If you can quickly explain that. Yeah. So my definition for this (laughs) is, uh, it's it's simply like what you believe to be true in your heart is a heart belief. Um, I would say it's not something that you would like, not something you'd automatically say if you're asked a question. Um, I don't think that heart beliefs really live on the surface, like in our conscious mind. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, like we live out of our heart beliefs, but a lot of times we don't realize that they're there. Yeah. Um, so for example, there's another chapter where I talk about, um, like memories and lies. And I bring up this point where I had believed a lie when I was little, that all I do is cause trouble. I might as well not even be here. And that belief, you know, was rooted in a lie. So it's like beliefs and bad beliefs and lies are, you know, obviously 
very closely tied together. Right. Um, but especially when you're little, like the enemy can come in and lie to you and tell you something. And then when your heart takes a hold of that and believes it, it becomes a deeply ingrained heart belief. For sure. <laughs> and then you start living that out. And then your circumstances start um, confirming that lie. It's like you attract those things to happen to you because now your belief system is based around that, which is why Jesus talks about like your beliefs being so important. And it's yeah. so important when you, what you believe because you actually cause those very things to happen. Right. It's foundation for everything. Yeah. Your beliefs. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, what that started manifesting in my life of that, I was just causing trouble. And then I started to believe that I should just not even be there, which started making me, you know, have suicidal thoughts and struggling Mm. with like, just wanting to, you know, jump out, um, Mm. you know, just, just, make myself go away because I was just causing all the trouble in my family. And, Mm. you know, they would all just be better off without me here. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. You know, but it's not something that I consciously knew was the root. Yeah. What was the root? You Mm. know, that that was a belief that I had and that didn't come up until I had, you know, an inner healing session and that just like, you know, that came out of my heart. It's like, I usually your heart beliefs you kind of have to dig a little and actually like ask your heart, not your head. Yeah. (laughs) What what lies are you believing or what is it that you believe to be true and Mm. let your heart speak, Mm. you know? Do you find that there's like really good, like journal prompt questions that people can do within that process? Like, Oh yeah. I actually have a whole section of uh, questions at the back of my book, which is what I was telling you about. Oh yes. Right. Okay. So you listeners go to the back of the book. (laughs) Yeah. And there's like a whole, like, I literally have different sets of questions to help you uncover things of like, what do you believe to be true about this? And what was the first time that you thought that way? And like, right. Basically all the questions I asked myself. So, (laughs) okay. So that section. So do you find that a lot of the time, like our belief systems really run back to like all the way back to like childhood? Because I know that you said this too, like just mm-hmm. that memory came up like within, was that a sozo or? Um, it was a different inner healing method. I okay. don't know what it was, what it was called, but, um, but yeah, it was during inner healing mm-hmm. and that, that belief was early on. I think I was maybe about five years old when, you know, the enemy, there was a memory where I had basically it was, you know, causing trouble for my family. Um, by throwing, you know, throwing a fit about something and the enemy just spoke that lie to me of all you do is cause trouble. You might as well not even be here. And in that moment, I just took a hold of that and believed that that was true. And I didn't realize that that memory was where it was, where that came from. But, you know, usually your heart beliefs are tied to, you know, an event, um, where something happened. And so, Right. Whether it's like a traumatic event or not even like, you know, could be a conversation and someone spoke negatively. Right. Or. Yeah. It's so many times. It's not even like this huge thing. It wasn't like, this was like some really traumatic memory. Like it was a really simple story. Like my sister said, fixed my hair and it had bumps in it and I didn't like the bumps. (laughs) So (laughs) I I was crying. You're like, get rid of these bumps. (laughs) Yeah. I was crying. It was like, I want to take it out. You know, I don't like it, you know? And my yeah. mom was like, do not take your hair out, you know, throw on our way to church. And 
yeah. you know, uh, like she was like threatening to like, you know, spank me or something. And my siblings are all just like annoyed at like the fact that I was causing trouble and making mom and dad, you know, um, upset. And so, mm. you know, in that moment, I just looked around and saw all of their faces and that's when the enemy spoke that, you know, so it's not like it was mm-hmm. some huge thing with like this bunch of drama, but it was just, yeah, you know, just a moment that happened. Yeah. yeah. That the yeah. enemy just instilled this lie and then you weren't even aware until later on. And you're like, oh, that's where that came from. Mm-hmm. He's sneaky. And right? we're just like, not today, Satan. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask you though, like, you know, within now our adulthood, like what would be some things that you would share with others on how to reframe like bad belief systems into a healthy belief system? Or just like you said, like tackling these lies, like what are some practical things that you can tell people today about that process? Yeah. Um, I would say that the main thing is finding out the belief, like the lies that you're believing and Mm -hmm. inviting God to tell you the truth, because, you know, I mean, if you're, if you're not a Christian, not sure what to, to tell you to, to ask. I mean, I've done some inner healing stuff with people who are not Christians and I've just asked them like, Hey, can you connect with a, an outside source of like, of love? Like, is there you know, do you, if you believe in like a higher power or something with love, like, well, what would love tell you, Mm -hmm. um, is the truth, you know, if they don't believe in God or something like that. But if you do believe in God, then like, ask him, like, what's the truth about this? Because oftentimes it's so much more powerful than like what you could come up with on your own. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. And it, it really does like fix it. It's like yeah. the, the truth really does like set you free. And mm-hmm. oftentimes I feel like God will tell me things that I wasn't even really thinking, um, that I needed to hear. It's, it's, it's wild. Um, mm-hmm. you know, so I would say like, starting with like, you know, Hey God, is there, you know, are there any lies that I'm believing about this? Yeah. Like start with it something that, you know, is an issue in your life. Like, is there any lies I'm believing about my identity? Mm-hmm. Is there, you know, if, are there any lies that I'm believing in this area of my life? You know, whether it's something else, like, is, is there any lies I'm believing about my health? Is there any lies I'm believing about my future? Mm-hmm. Um, and just ask him, you know, for the truth, you know, you can ask him, are there any lies I'm believing about you? You know? Oh, that's a good question. Because oftentimes we have beliefs about God that are tied into like why we feel the way we do. Right. Um, and like that lines up with, with Sozo, which I know you're not asking me about at this moment, but yeah. Um, and so though there's, there's basically like, we all know that like there's a triune God, that there's God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy spirit. And in Sozo, basically what they teach is that there's um, different relationships, uh, earthly relationships that align with those um god um parts or you know the, the godhead and so the holy spirit is connected to your mother relationship on earth god the father is connected to your father relationship on earth and jesus is connected to your friends um and your siblings relationships right on earth. so oftentimes if you have one issue with um if you have pain in your earthly relationships that can be tied to things with that you know part of the trinity and then if, yeah it's like vice versa. So if you're, if you're feeling like, you know, I really don't feel close to Jesus and, um, then you might have some pain with your friendship relationships or even your siblings. Right. 
Um, like you said, your dad or your mom. Yeah. 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 So asking God, you know, like, how do I feel? You know, what are the lies I'm believing about? Yeah. Um, Holy Spirit. Or, you know, and a lot of times if you're believing, you know, he might tell you something and then you'll suddenly be like, oh, wow. <laughs> isn't that funny that uh, I feel that way about my mom too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're uh, like, there's more things happening, more patterns. <laughs> yeah. So it's like something as simple as that is like, Hey, what lies am I believing about Holy spirit? And then he tells you, well, you're believing this. And then suddenly you realize, wow, that's connected to something I believe about my mom too. And then he'd be like, wow, mm-hmm. when was the first time that I believed that about my mom? And then you can mm-hmm. suddenly find the root of a big issue. Like really quickly, just from asking questions. Yes. All these puzzle pieces are now coming together because you're like, oh, I feel abandonment, let's just say. And oh no, this is coming from both ends or whatever the situation may be. Right. So, okay. So just asking really good questions is what you would say to God and then asking yourself as well. Yeah. I'm like, if there's anything about inner healing that I would say is like an overall like blanket statement, if it was like, there's one thing that you can do yeah, at all, ask questions. Yeah. <laughs> You're just Literally. like, ask questions, ask plain and simple. questions, ask your heart questions, ask God questions, ask, you know, like, yeah, I don't know, people around you questions, you know, I'm like yeah. asking questions is such a powerful tool for inner healing. Like it's insane how much inner healing you can get just from asking questions if you did nothing else but that it's like wow you could make it pretty far yeah (laughs) well like you said there's tons of journal questions in the back of your book right so definitely pack that out for you guys who are listening (laughs) yeah all right well let's segue now into another chapter and this one is called getting triggered I think some of us know what a trigger is but for those of you know, you who are listening, who don't know exactly what that is, Mary Ruth, what exactly is a trigger? Yeah. Uh, so such a buzzword lately. So I feel like so <laughs> many know. people are starting to know what a trigger is, <laughs> yeah. um, which is so good. But, um, I mean, this is kind of my definition, but, um, I would say that a trigger is when your reaction in the present is really caused by something from the past. Um, mm-hmm. so basically a place of pain or trauma, um, either overtly or subtly gets poked and you have a very strong reaction to something. So talking about triggers, how would one dig deep to know what exactly is causing the triggers? Like what questions would you ask yourself? Yeah. Um, I would start with asking yourself what pain is underneath this. Like Mm. what would pain is driving um, how I'm feeling right now? Why I'm reacting so strongly to this. And then if you still don't get anything, and you're like, I don't really feel like there's pain here. Because mm-hmm. um, your heart might be like, um, no, that's not the answer. Or that's not the question. Then yeah. I would I would ask, you know, um, what are you afraid of? What are you trying to protect? Mm. And that might get you an answer. So first I would start with pain. And then I would ask if your heart's like, there's nothing here. With that, I would say, okay, well, what are you afraid of? Or what are you trying to protect? Right. Those are so some pain- good questions. Yeah. Um, I think Laura Duncan talks about that um, in a podcast. She's somebody I've learned a lot about um, triggers oh, okay. from and different things. And um, is she a yeah, therapist? So, yeah. I, I don't know if she's like a licensed therapist, but she definitely does counseling. And I've met with her in person and a couple times, but she also okay. has a podcast. And 
Ooh. It's called Triggered and True. So she clearly oh. talks about triggers. Okay. I'm going to have to check her out then. Speaking yes. of triggers. Yes. <laughs> okay. Triggers amazing. and True. Interesting. Um, no, it's Triggered and True. Oh, Trigger and True. Okay. Trig- triggered. Triggered. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Triggered I and really true. butchered that one. <laughs> no. No. I have a Southern accent, so I just kind of slur things. It's the yeah. problem. <laughs> And I'm, you know, Canadian over here, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Too funny. Okay. I'll have to check her out. Let's move on to another chapter. <laughs> and this one's called Memories and Lies. So you have a lot of different uh, stories in this one as well. But I just quickly wanted to talk about um, Heart Sync because mm-hmm. I know that's something that has really helped you in your journey. Um, so, what exactly is Heart Sync? Uh, if you can please share. <laughs> yeah. Um, so heart sync is just an inner healing method. Um, it's, it was something that was created by a, a priest who had been working with um, victims who had severe, like dissociative identity disorder. And um, mm-hmm. he was, you know, just asking God for help because he was trying to use all of his regular methods with these people and wasn't getting a lot of progress and um basically god just led into um some different scriptures and and verses where it talks about like you know taking your your broken heart and like god making like putting a new heart within you and Mm -hmm. um basically like your you know your refractured broken heart and there's a verse in ezekiel and i'm butchering all this but um, it's all good (laughs) yeah so (laughs) all of that to say like um heart sync is basically like that based on the principle of like that you're a triune being just like Mm -hmm. God is a triune God and that Mm -hmm. we're made in his image. So um, basically that your heart is triune as well. So there's your emotional heart, your guardian heart and your function heart. Mm -hmm. And all of these actually also line up with like, you'll hear them in psychology and different um, terms. So like even the id, the id, the ego and the super ego, um, actually line up with emotional heart guardian heart and function heart so yeah so um he's not the first person to kind of notice that we have these different elements to our psyche so like freud is the one who you know came up with the (laughs) the ego and superego so yeah anyways um so heart sync is basically about syncing those different parts um with each other so that they are not like at war um because they all have different um i guess needs and ways of showing up um in your life and things that they that they want things that they need and ways that they function and so heart sync is about getting them um synced up with each other and then also syncing them up with with god um so it's a it's a really gentle approach um for kind of diving into your heart and finding out what's there and, yeah. um, you know, your emotional heart is the part of you that holds like a lot of memories and pain. Yeah. Um, and then your guardian heart is the kind of the part of you that's trying to protect, um, okay. your emotional heart. So a lot of times, um, your guardian heart will be the part of you that might partner with some, some things, whether it's anger or, um, different coping mechanisms, things like okay. that. Um, because coping mechanisms are usually something that you're, heart is trying to do to protect you um ah, you know to help I've you heard cope. that before yep <laughs> yeah so it's like wow that 
didn't seem like a smart way to protect me, but it was genuinely your heart's best option at that point. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, okay. Now I understand why, you know, I don't know, maybe somebody is biting their fingernails. It's like, okay. Right. You know, this like, is a coping mechanism of something. Right. Like why? But hey, your heart's trying to help you out. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. Wow. Yeah. And then your function heart is just like the part of you that's trying to make sure that you're showing up to life doing the right thing you know it's the part mm-hmm. of you that's more concerned with like um you functioning well being a good human being you know okay so wow. yeah go so you can get them on the same page it's really helpful and okay so um where can people like I guess, get heart sync therapy? Like, is this something that a lot of like more so Christian therapists are knowing more about or because I've actually, I like, I've only heard heart sync from you. Yeah. Um, so heart sync they do have a website now and they have different people who, um, offer that service or that tool. Um, okay. and you can like find that on the website. If you just like Google, um, heart sync or go to, I think I have the website in my actual book, which is not in front of me right now, but yeah, um, it's, it's in there. It's heart sync, just one word, H-E-A-R-T-S-Y-N-C, um, heart sync. And, um, you can go on their website and find out where they offer it. But I was trained in it and I got in a heart sync, um, therapy, I guess you could say at a place okay. called gold monarch healing center. Oh, um, which and is where was Apple- that? That's in Abilene, Texas. Oh, okay. Yeah. So there's probably like quite a few then other places, but that was one place that you went to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. And then was that online or was that in person? It was in person. Yeah. So okay. we did like a, I went cause I was like, you know what? It was pretty expensive to go get the heart sync ministry. Like um, if you went to go visit there. So yeah. I was like, I didn't really know much about it, but I wanted to get the ministry. So I went with my mom and a friend, one of her friends and we went and did the training. Cause I was like, well, this is a cheaper way to get like ministry. And so yeah. while we were there, like, cause you had to practice with other people and they had to practice with you. So I was like, well, okay. well free it or healing. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we did that. And then I did end up actually going back and paying the money to actually go get the, the ministry later on. But okay. Um, but yeah, I first, uh, got to experience it through the training. And then, um, once you get the principles of like how it works, it just makes a lot of sense. And it's really easy for people. It's like, a great once, healing tool. Yeah. Like I've, I've taught some of my friends and like, I did heart sync with them maybe like once or twice. And then they were like, Oh, I get it. And so they've gone back in with their own heart and continued to like do heart sync with themselves. Oh. Like Literally. I have a friend who I did this with and she's done this like for probably two years. Wow. Um, oh, crazy. Okay. Yeah. On her own, just doing it. Cause she just, she just got it and ran with it. And, uh, right. Oh, very cool. So yeah. is, so are you offering this right now, Mary Ruth? Cause you're, you said you do it. Yeah. I mean, if somebody wanted to reach out to me, like on okay. Instagram or something, like I would totally meet with somebody and, um, oh, perfect. and, and do it with them. I love okay. to mix heart sync with kind of with Sozo. Cause I think they all line up um for sure yeah so yeah it's it's really interesting how they all align but yeah I'm kind of I don't really ascribe to just one method of something I'm like if a tool works it works like yeah. I whatever it takes to get you there it's kind of like totally my, yeah 
my method. <laughs> yeah. Well, cause Zozo is really great too. Um, and well, we, you know, don't have time to fully go into Zozo either. But, yeah. Um, there's like so many resources you guys can look it up on Google and stuff, but the transformation center in Reading does a lot of Zozo. Um, mm-hmm. it, that's who you've mostly used, right. Or. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I have, my mom has some friends, um, who are also trained in it and, um, they've done some Zozo with me as well and stuff, but yeah. Yeah. Um, if people are looking for that, I would, I would look at the transformation center in Reading. Everything that you've shared so far, Mary Ruth, I know that we can just talk for hours. Yeah. <laughs> Your book is so powerful and so impactful. And I really want others to be able to get a hold of your book. So where can they find you on social media and where can they get your book today? Because you have so many practical, amazing tools. And like you said, journal um, questions, and you also go quite in depth about your story as well. Yeah. Um, so on social media, you can find me on Instagram. It's Mary Ruth underscore herb ERB. Yeah. And then if you're looking for my book, you can go on Amazon and just search redeeming the pain and then Mary Ruth herb. Okay, so perfect. Yeah. If people, they might um, accidentally come across the older edition of my book. Um, but that won't happen as long as you type in redeeming the pain and then Mary Ruth herb, you'll get the the current edition. Okay, perfect. Awesome. And so I wanted you, I always do this with every guest. Is there any uh, final encouraging words that you would want to leave our listeners today who are also on this healing journey? Yeah, I would just say, be patient with yourself, be patient with yourself and, and just know that like, that if you just, just keep going, that you're going to get healing, that, that God has so much more for you than you ever could have imagined. And like, he wants you to have healing and to be happy and whole and free. And yeah, you're not broken and there's nothing wrong with you. Love it. Well, thank you so much. It was such a treat. Um, I have so many more questions for you, but our time is up. Yeah. <laughs> so I just wanted to say thank you again so much, Mary Ruth, for just taking the time to come on, sharing a little bit more about your story and leaning into these chapters uh, with me today. And I just love just what God's put on your heart. And this, like your story, I know is going to impact so many more people and bring them to a place of healing. So thank you again so, so much. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in to another episode of Wild Soul Conversations. If you haven't already done so, definitely subscribe, share it with your friends. We have had so many great episodes in this season so far. Leave us a review. We would really appreciate it. And we are so excited for what's to come with the next season of Wild Soul Conversation as season two is now coming to an end. So if you want to follow us on social media, definitely keep in contact with us. We are on Instagram primarily, and you can also um, subscribe to our newsletter by going to our website, which is www.wildsoulconversations.com. We would love to hear from you. If you need any prayer, shoot me an email, but have an amazing rest of your guys' week. Bye, everyone. Bye.